Humanity Chats, a conversation about everyday issues that impact humans. Join us. Together, we can go far. Welcome. Today, we talk about African stories for children with Dr. Leticia DeGraft Archery. Dr. DeGraft Archery is a PhD. Um, she's also an attorney. She is a proud alumna of the University of Leeds in the UK. And um, she loves to write about warriors, people of African descent, former kings, heroes, sheroes. She lives in Arkansas with her family, where she works as a public health administrator. I cannot wait to get into this conversation with Dr. Leticia DeGraff-Autry to learn why she decided to write about these African heroes. Hold on tight. Dr. Autry will be joining us soon. This is Humanity Chats. Welcome, Dr. Leticia. It is an honor to have you on Humanity Chats. Thank you so much, Marjorie. It's good to see you again. Thank you for having me on. Yes, yes, yes. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on because you have all these children's books that are so inspiring. And I can't wait to delve into your latest release, which has, uh, which have a, uh, uh, the women of um, of Dahomey in there. So before we get into the conversation, though, I would love to learn a fun fact about you. It could be anything, your love for ice cream, or maybe how you like to take walks, any fun fact about you. Hmm. Well, I think I like to... Um... I, I, well, I like to take walks, but I like to I like to tell stories. You know, I like to um, yeah, I write, but I like to um, create embellished stories. You know, just to get everyone laughing. You know, so I, I imagine something. I normally I do it to children. You know, and I create some fantastic story. You know, maybe something to teach them a lesson or something to scare them. You know, and I and then I just pass it on, you know, and then sometime a few years later that my country said, But you told me I said, No, 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 please, I beg you. I just made that up. Don't go repeat it anywhere. <laughs> no, so yeah, I guess that that is something that I do. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of when I was younger, there was this woman from Ghana, Mami Dokno, where they mm-hmm. had by the fireside. You mm-hmm. could actually be telling these stories to kids and um making them laugh and getting their creative juices flowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, is, that is the idea, you know, to inspire, to educate, you know, to inform, you know, it's been done. So therefore you can do it too. You know, um, life doesn't have to be so dreary, you know, see what someone else has done and see how you can learn from it, you know, and, and do your own, you know. 
Well, viewers, listeners, we have Dr. Leticia DeGraft Archery. Um, she is a prolific writer of children's literature. And well, not just children's literature, she actually has a historical book out there about the first vice president of Ghana, which is available everywhere books are sold. So if you haven't read that book, um, it's a deep dive, a deep dive into Vice President DeGraff Johnson's life. You should get it and um, learn more about the history of Ghana. Now, Dr. Um, Leticia, you have been writing these children's books. I really admire that because I know that um, in the Ghanaian culture, for example, mm -hmm. there are lots of stories that are told, but it's not written. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have that history written down. And so now you're writing these stories, but they're not fictional characters. They're heroes and sheroes from the past and they've done some amazing things and you're writing it down for children. Tell us the inspiration behind uh, why you do what you do. I think that um, like you just touched on lightly, um, there is a lack of these sort of stories, um, these sort of um, historical perspective, you know, from an African's viewpoint, you know, on these people who have lived and changed the communities that they lived in, you see. So the idea is to, to meet a need, you know, to teach people. And, and, and the interesting things I've had, I've had adults tell me, hmm, Leticia, you wrote this for kids, but I learned something too. You know, so the idea is to, um, is to teach, you know, inform, you know, um, children and adults who happen to read, you know, that this person lived, this person did this, you know, so it's not impossible. It's not unheard of. You can also, you know, get involved and, and play your role, you know, and, and it's actually not a new thing. Um, the first, um, how do I say, the first memoir, set of memoirs was written in 1850, I mean, for the Ghana and the Gold Coast. And the idea was at the time, you know, historically, we were, we were colonized, sort of, or we were protectorate. And um, um, so the Africans were trying to show that we are just as good as our white counterparts. And so Solomon Atahoma actually wrote the first one in 1850, and he had like 19 characters in it. And the idea was, you know, just like we're trying to do now, so many years after, you know, how to um, inform people about these people who have lived, you know, how to share their stories to inspire, to inspire others to such heights, you know, to be a, um, a benefit to their community. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened to that first memoir that was written in the 1800s? Do you know? Well, actually, it still exists. I mean, if you know where to look, you know how to find it. I mean, and he, like he talks about, he actually wrote about Philip Kweku. He wrote about Phyllis Whitley, um, the poet, the little slave girl who was taken from the Senegambia area and then brought to the United States and became the first published African-American poet. Um, he wrote about Anthony William Amo, who became a professor, was born in 1700, 1703 exactly, and was taken to Germany, became, um, became a, a doctor of laws, was a philosopher, could speak Greek, Hebrew, Latin, Dutch, German, you know, so so it's, I mean, if you know where to look for it, it's there. But it was part of the move, um, the nationalist move, you know, to help teach, you know, native gold coastings about, um, about the richness of the African culture and to teach white people that, you know, we are just like you, you know, we are just as intellectual or capable as you. Because at that time, the balance was shifting. You know, initially when the Europeans came, we were equal. 
But around that time, it was shifting in all the way. Almost um, we were becoming more subservient. So the, the reaction amongst the nationalists was to write more about Africans and their lives, you know, to show the richness of our culture. And um, so that's how that started. And then it's followed on. So that's how you have John Mensah Sabe's book. You have Casely Hayford's books, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So we are just following the tradition, you know, of sharing the richness of our culture and the richness of our, you know, our personalities and the different things that they, they have done. Well, a rich, a truly rich culture indeed. And I did hear you there about the subservience because even to date, there are times that um, you may even go into an establishment and if you look like, if you look like you or me um, and um, a Caucasian comes in, uh, the people might serve the Caucasian first uh, and not see me, you or me as equals or as important um, to pay attention to. So I think that, uh, I don't know if I should say colonizer mentality, um, there are remnants of that in the society. Don't you think so? Yeah, yeah. And so so the idea is that these books, I mean, I they're written about Africans, but I write them such that even um, Westerners, you know, white people, you know, people of a different racial background will also be interested enough to read because sometimes this attitude comes from ignorance, you know. So um, so like this lady at church that I shared um, a couple with, you know, she came back and said, wow, you know, I didn't know this. I didn't know that, you know, and who knows, it might um, change her view, you know, not that she's a bad person, not that she has any... Um, such negative ideas, but it might help build. It definitely will not hurt, you know, her perception of, you know, people of African of African descent, you see. So I, I try to balance it so that um, both, you know, people from, you know, an international audience can appreciate the content of the book, yeah. Yeah, talking about the contents of the book, I mean, there is a, a shiro like Yasantua, which um, one of your colleagues, Rosemont Sapon, always mm-hmm. wrote about mm-hmm. And I see that with what she did, um, for lack of a better word, she is a, a, I'm trying to stay away from any bad words because um, children may be listening to this. So I should say, (laughs) she's a a mighty warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, I have to watch my words. A bad (laughs) Yes. Yes. She's a mighty warrior and was protecting this tool of Ashanti and Mm -hmm. would not give it to the colonizer. You know, it's just amazing that you hear uh, and you read about these sheroes. So now tell me about your latest book. Uh, I'm so curious. Well, so what happened is, um, you know, as I write these books, you know, I do a lot of research. You know, I actually do research like I'm writing for an adult, you know, and then I taper it down. And so as I write others, you know, I'm looking around, you know, for my next project, you know. So I came across the story, the woman, um, warriors of Dahomey, the warriors. I said, hmm, this is interesting. And then my husband happened to send me um, like a clip of the woman king. By then, well, I'd put it on the back burner. Well, I'd put the two books away because there, were, there was one I was working on and there's another one that I wanted to. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to push this forward. So then I moved it to the top. I stopped what I was working and I started reading and investigating. And I couldn't believe, you know, that, I mean, this group of women, I mean, they were fearless. 
I mean, and they were amazing. I mean, and they went through, I mean, they went through strenuous training. I mean, they had survival training where they would go to the, to the, like, to the forest for like nine days with barely any um, supplies. You know, they would run for miles in all weather. They had, um, they had practices where they would, um, they would um, assimilate, like um, taking, attacking a city, you know, and the walls were made from acacia um, plants, which are thorny. So, you know, we'll be climbing this and the thorns will be cutting and they are not supposed to show any motion. I mean, they were fearless. I mean, apparently they were like low cost. You know, once they come at you, there's nothing left when they leave, you know. But they also led privileged lives. They were considered the wives of the king. So they lived in the palaces. They had they had slaves, like each one could have like 50 slaves. You know, they cooked, they cleaned. Yep. You know, and when they run, and when they walk through town, they have a maid in front of them ringing the bell, you know, like she's coming, you know, stay away, don't look you know, or move away. And, oh, yeah. So there were, there were societies elite, you know, um, and, 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 and it was a privileged life that they led. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because they're called the Agogis. Yes. And I have actually seen the woman king. And you I was, did? Okay. I was very empowered. No spoilers mm-hmm. here. I was very empowered. Um, I, I admired the woman, but at the same time, I cried. Um, I was proud. I was happy um, just to see that these women were so strong and that they defended um, their territory. It's just and to see black women get together and stand up for each other like that. That was impressive. I know that life was not perfect. Like you just said, they had their own um, servants. And Mm -hmm. so. You know, uh, I'm sure that um, depending on who's looking at it, um, some 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 people maybe maybe will criticize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was in those times, and it was a different mm-hmm. culture. So there mm-hmm. are different ways to look at this. Absolutely, because um, when you're in a certain culture, you know, certain things are um, I wouldn't say acceptable, but the culture is different depending on which part of the country that you're in. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so how did you get your research for these women? How did you find out about that? Oh, um, I use libraries. Um, I have a very good library here that allows me to do interlibrary loan. So I, um, I, you know, I have a research background anyway, so I know how to dig deep. You know, I, I know how to read and catch things. You know, I know how to, um, to search for stuff. I mean, it's something that I had, I think I have a gift for it naturally and I've developed it in you know, the course of my professional career. So it's, um, so I had books, you know, I had um, newspaper articles, I had journal articles and what I try to do, you know, and is to get, you know, yeah, um, there are your books written by Europeans or, or, you know, and then you want, you also want the perspective of the African. You know, because this is an African story and the perspective, sometimes it's, a, it's different. You know, that is important. So I make sure I get a balance, you know, and then I, I dive, you know, I dive into it. And like I said, I, I, I prepare like I'm writing for, an, I'm writing an adult paper. And then once I kind of get my story down, I start to tone it down, you know, check the language, check how many syllables are in the words that I use. You know, and the, and then so that's how I prepare. Um, so it takes me a while, you know. So actually, the actual research takes me quite a bit, you know, to do. Actually, longer than actual writing, I must say. Yeah. 
what, what, what a gift, what a gift for these children of African descent, what a gift for children from all walks of life, whether they be Caucasian, Asian, wherever they're from, they can learn this history. And it's not like you're making up stuff. You, you um, have your PhD and you are a researcher. And so you're actually digging out the accurate information and breaking it down for, uh, for, for, for people to learn. And I find this fascinating. You talked about how maybe a Caucasian will tell the story versus how an African will tell the story. And it takes me back to the world map. When you look at the world map, Africa looks like this um, smaller space and you see Europe as big, you see America Mm -hmm. so big, but Mm -hmm. then you go and look at the actual square footage or Mm -hmm. acreage, whatever you Mm -hmm. call it, Africa is much bigger. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when they drew the map, they drew Africa to be small. I'm like, dude. We yeah. have to tell our own story. Abs- 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 absolutely, absolutely. It's it's important that it's important that we do because um, there's always a slant. And I found out that it's so interesting. You know, sometimes I start reading something without maybe checking the author, and then I I said, hmm, I guess such and such and such a person wrote it. And I and I'm right. You know, you you can tell, and it's not necessarily because there's any malice. You know, not necessarily so, but it's just, I guess, the way they're trained, you know, the, the way they see things, you know. I mean, nobody can tell your story better than you can. You know, exactly. and, and, yeah, and, and the that way was really... They see things, the way they see things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's all about perspective, but don't embellish. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's an embellishment, and I, I don't get it. I, I don't know why. When I was growing up, I didn't know any different. I didn't realize it. I didn't even know the size of Africa. What I saw was the map that I believed in mm-hmm. until I actually read about it and realized that, oh, no, it's not what is being portrayed. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's an embellishment. I don't know why people do that. Um, but I am grateful for people like you who are doing the true research and telling these stories. Now, I know you have a ton of books and you've written about some heroes. Can you tell us about some of those heroes that you have written about to give our viewers and listeners the opportunity to go look you up and get your books for the kids? Well, um, one of the, the personalities I've written about is Keen John Ejiri of Cape Coast. Um, Cape Coast is... Is, is, in, is in Ghana, but at the time it was a colonized country, so it was called the Gold Coast. And um, he was a king in Cape Coast, and he protested the the constant encroachment, you know, of the the British colonial authority, you know, of his sovereign right as a king. So apparently, so he was actually one of the first sovereign to send a deputation to England, you know, to the colonial office to protest what the administrators were doing in, in, you know, back home in Ghana. And he actually set a trend that was followed by, you know, like the later groups, you know, like the Aborigines, you know, the UGC and stuff. So, um, but what happened was he, he, he was such, he was considered an agitator to the extent that he was sent into exile. You know, he was stripped of his kingship and sent into exile. I mean, and then, um, but he didn't stay quiet, though. He wrote, he wrote to, um, you know, like um, papers published by Blacks in, in, in the UK. So he tried to get his story out there, but eventually he got a little browbeaten. But they returned him back home because they realized he was going to die. And um, 
So he came back home, but he didn't live much longer after that. And but he said he he actually set the trend for how to protest um, against um, colonial encroachment um, in, in the then Gold Coast. Um, I wrote about Eleni. Eleni was a um, she married um, an emperor in Ethiopia. I mean, and she was educated. She wrote books. She was actually a, a Muslim. And she married a Christian, but she had such a heart, you know, she took on the change in her life, you know, and she grew to, she 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 actually had influence over so many generations. So there was a husband, her husband's children as they became emperors and, and then was regent for a step-grandson, you know, so she, she, she was influential across maybe four or five kings, you know, and I mean, I've written about, Labotibeni from um, Eswatini used to be called Swaziland, you know, and, and there are those who actually historians write that she's one of the reasons why Eswatini still exists because she went head to head with the colonial administrators. Yeah. But she also knew how to be a diplomat. She also knew how to work with them to get what she needed. You know, um, and, and she worked to preserve the land because there was a time when it was going to be overtaken by, you know, concession owners, you know, so she worked up a plan, which was followed by her, her, grands, her grandson, you know, and to preserve, you know, what we now know as, as, as Swatini, which used to be Swaziland, called Swaziland a few years ago. Um, in total, I've written so far, published um, 10 children's stories. Um, I've gone across, I tried to go across the globe. So I went from Ghana, Gold Coast, I've gone to Ethiopia, I've gone to the South, um, Eswatini, you know, um, and I've done, and then I did one on Phyllis Wheatley, the, the, the first African-American poet. She was a slave girl, like I said earlier, taken from Senegambia, and she was adopted by um, a wealthy um, family in Boston, and they saw she had talent and encouraged her, you know. Um, so she actually helped educate or, or show here in the U.S. that, you know, Black people are also capable of intellectual thought, you know, have creative ability, you know. Um, so um, these are these are all stories that, you know, will help children inspire, inform, and then also adults, you know, because I've heard, like I said, I've heard people say, well, I didn't know that, you know, and, and, and so the books are available, you know, wherever books are sold. Well, you know, I'm inspired. I'm motivated. Um, viewers, listeners, you all know I'm an author too, but I make up stuff. I write stories. I make up stuff. I don't dig into the history that Dr. Leticia is digging into. I'm impressed. And um, I do believe that representation matters. And so these books that she's writing is for everyone, literally. Whether you're an if you, even when you're an adult, you can learn something from it. Because there's some of the names that she's mentioning that we may not know. And my hope is that, you know, throughout all the mediums out there, um, I hope that you get discovered because not too many people are doing this. And just like we were able to see the woman king, just like we were able to see Black Panther, some of these stories that you you are writing, I hope we're able to bring them to life so that we can watch it um, for those classrooms that are not allowing history uh, to be taught that are teaching history maybe just a certain way. This 
could also be a medium for which our children would learn history. Because I remember being a taking history back in Ghana. And there's so many things that I did not learn. I know people mm -hmm. in America complain about the kind of history they're being taught. I think it transcends. There is some, there is some um, important history that I think they should be teaching even in our African schools, which um, we don't learn about. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to get the kids to be engaged when they're younger um, and set them up for the, um, the, the inquisitive mind um, mm -hmm. that they get to learn and appreciate the heritage. And for those that are not of African descent, for them to also look learn and respect. I mean, you see the the uh, golden uh, uh, chariots or whatever we call them that the Queen of England uh, rides. You see the, the, the crowns. They don't have gold. They don't have diamonds. Where did it come from? And so when we write stories like this and share those stories, then these children coming up would know that, oh my goodness, Africa is endowed with riches and this is where this is coming from. And these are the people who have been the trailblazers and pace setters. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Leticia, so much for the work that you're doing. Um, your books, do you have any plans of coming out with any additional books soon? Oh, um, I do. I mean, I, I, I think I write faster than I'm able to publish because it takes a long time. So I have several that are on the drawing board. I have several, you know, that I would like to get to. I have several that I'm working on, you know, so I'm constantly um, researching. Like I said, I really enjoy that part of it. So, you know, I discover something and I, you know, I do my initial steps to find, hmm, this will be interesting to write about. And then I put it in my folder, you know, then I, I also have the ones that I'm currently working. I tend to do maybe two at a time, you know. And so, yeah, I have several... I have several that um, I'm hoping to release. Hopefully next year, um, I'll get some more out there. Yeah, help to inform and educate, you know, um, children and adults. You know, like I said, the richness of our culture, the richness of our history. You know, the contributions that we have made. You know, um, you know, just to just to teach. You know, like you're talking about Queen Elizabeth. You know, the history. And we also have a rich history, you know. Um, we also have a lot um, to be proud of. And um, it would be a good idea if we could have it side by side. You know, we have all the cultures and then we have all the things that, you know, inspire. You know, and then we can share. You know, we can share and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. You are a treasure. You are a treasure to the people of African descent. You are a treasure to the world. Thank you so much for your work. I am thrilled that you came on our podcast to share. Um, viewers, listeners, thanks for coming back week after week. Um, we're, we're super grateful to you all. You keep us going. You help us stay motivated. If you have not uh, read any of Dr. Leticia DeGraff's Autry's books, you're missing out. Go to your local independent bookstore. If they don't have it in store, they can order it. Um, go to bookshop.org. 
place an order, Amazon, everywhere books are sold. And after you read her books, be sure to leave a review so that others know and they have an idea of what's in there. Don't don't be a a spoiler, though. Don't tell the whole story. But leave a review so that uh, others would know that these are good books that we can get. Now, uh, if you liked this conversation, now, this is not tricky. Just go on that main podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, wherever, um, Audible, wherever you leave a review, leave a review, leave a comment for Dr. Leticia. Let her inspire her so she can bring us more books. And if you have any questions whatsoever about this conversation, margimarge.com, write to me. I will respond. It may take me a minute, but I will get back to you, margimarge.com. And as always, I am on social media. My handle is this Margie March. Find me. Um, I am a big cheerleader for most humans. Remember I said most humans, so it means it's not everybody. Um, Yes, that would not make me human. But (laughs) thank you, Dr. Leticia and myself. Thank you so much for taking the time to... um, to listen to us today. You've made us feel special. Now, before we go, Dr. Leticia, do you have anything to uh, tell our guests? Well, I'd like you to go to wherever books are sold and then look look at these books and also share. Um, they, they are useful to children and to adults, you know, and once you discover how interesting they are, don't keep it to yourself, you know, spread it, spread it, you know, and let's, and let's show just how rich you know, um, our culture is, our history is. Well, spread it. Let us show how rich that culture is because together we can go far. This has been Humanity Chats. listening share with a friend we are humans from all around the world one kind only and that is humankind your friend margie marge